Uh, what's going on, brothers and sisters? Welcome to the Mucus Free Life Podcast, episode 29. And we have a dazzling show for you today. This is something that I've been wanting to do literally for years. I tried to put one of these together around 2008 and then another 2011. For some reason, it never came together. But today on the program, we are going to have a mucus-free women's panel. We're going to be talking about issues related to women's health, uh, men menstrual cycle, pregnancy, relationships, and anything else that comes up. And so if you have questions or would like to contribute, as always, uh, please share your comments and we will get to what we can when we can. And, uh, and go, go ahead and give this video a share and a like that helps us out. That helps uh, get, give us, you know, get us on out, out here. And uh, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's, without further ado, let me introduce you to the panel. And without further ado, let me introduce you. All right. Let's see. Okay. So first, introduce you to Mama Takoa. Everybody, give it up. See, I feel like it's alive. Like <laughs> we on stage. Give it up, for Mama Takoa. Hey. And Hi. We got uh, Andreas and Can. Hello. <laughs> we have uh, Kyrene. Give it up for Kyrene. Hi. And we got Ayana over here taking care of some hair. <laughs> <laughs> so real briefly, I will go around the panel and I'll let everybody introduce themselves and uh, then we'll kind of get going here. So let's start with uh, Mama Takoa. Go ahead and introduce yourself, how you got into the mucus's diet and just a little bit about where you are from. Ashe. Born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio, hospital, um, Bethesda, born in 1962. I'm almost 100. I'll be 140 years. Uh, I came into the mucusless diet uh, upon the request of uh, my brother, Victor Bertram. And from there, I studied and began to put the works into action, became a little bit more serious as I started having children. My uh, fourth child led me on the path of more discipline. And then with my fifth child, I was fully engaged in the mucus diet system. And it has been one of the best and most effective ways to be a woman and having healthy children. I have five daughters and I adopted a son and uh, he himself uh, is a, I don't know if he's still doing it now, but at the time he was practicing because of dialysis because he lived with me for like seven years of his life. So um, I'm gonna pass the mic on to the next panelist. All right, Andrea. How's, how's it going, everybody? My name is Andrea. I'm 25 years old. I'm here in Los Angeles. Um, I'm originally from Romania, but I've lived here since I was six. Um, 
I kind of started getting into the mucosalis diet, lifestyle, raw vegan juicing world um, a little over a year ago. Um, I've been vegan for five years, so it, it kind of started back then, but not as not nowhere near where I am today. Um, and I'll go into the whole story a little bit later, but I, I had some reproductive um, health issues uh, in 2019, which led me to this lifestyle. Um, and that's when I started juicing and eating more of a raw vegan diet and kind of overcame a lot of health issues um, with my menstrual cycles. And that's when I started my page on Instagram and kind of just started sharing my story and connecting with so many amazing people um, with similar stories and just kind of overcoming a bunch of health issues. So, so that's me. That's how I kind of started. And, and yeah. Awesome. All right. Beautiful. Thank you. And uh, Kyrene, introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. Um, my name is Kyrene. I'm born and raised in New York City. I'm currently living in Puerto Rico. I switched to a vegan diet back in December of 2017. Um, then after that, I started a fruit fast for 30 days. And uh, that's when I found the mucosus diet healing system. Um, I started the diet right after the fruit fast. And um, around that time, I read Rational Fasting and also the mucosus diet healing system book. Um, and it was just really transformational for me. Um, before going vegan, I was experiencing some like kidney pain, um, some like low back pain. And um, I just wasn't feeling good. I was feeling really tired and, and weak. And um, I just really wanted to um, take ownership of my health and, 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 you know, make the switch. And, um, and yeah, and I, ever since then, I just pretty much been eating, trying to eat uh, as much raw fruits and veggies as possible, and also, but still transitioning and sort of um, going back and forth. Um, but yeah, since I, I moved to Puerto Rico back in 2018, September, so since being here, I feel like I have really um, improved my health because I've been able to juice more, eat more of the, like the local fruits and, and vegetables and it's been great also sunbathing and um and just like breathing and getting into breath work um so that's my story All right. and this this is your your instagram <laughs> yeah. nice now we have, we'll, we'll introduce everybody's instagram All right, Ayana, introduce yourself. All right, my name is Ayana. And for those who don't know, my mom is in the chat right now, Tacoa. So I was pretty much born and raised in the mucus slash mucus lean diet. However, when I got into my teen years, I decided I wanted to go and eat stuff I wasn't supposed to. So I became vegetarian and experienced that, noticed it didn't really benefit me health-wise, physically, mentally, or anything like that. So I decided to get back venture right. out. Yeah, I got back <laughs> right a little bit, and then 
I went to a whole nother state and decided that, oh, maybe it's cheaper if I eat this way. So I went into eating fish for about six months and it just dawned on me like I'm eating something with eyes and something that's live. So I just stopped eating that altogether just because it just, it wasn't, it wasn't part of my lifestyle growing up. So why? Why do why do it? Was dead. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I've stopped eating fish, but I was vegetarian eating I had products no and whatnot. Whatnot. Eating dairy products and whatnot. So I stopped yeah, eating that dairy was products. He's still getting a bowl up. I can attest to that. She did not know anything that I was eating. And I stopped eating dairy products once I met my husband because he was vegan. So I was like, oh, wow, I guess that's a sign. He's vegan. He wasn't raised vegan. He was only vegan for probably about two or three years. So he was like, you don't need to be eating stuff like that. I was like, all right, mama number two here. All right, I'm just going to eat it. I said, I want to talk to this person. I don't know who you're talking to. And I said, if you can't reason with my daughter, if you don't take animals and clean your butt. And he's so, like, yeah. so yeah, he actually took an enema to yeah. be with me. He was a whole <laughs> there you go. That's, <laughs> I ain't playing about it. Nope. That's an ancient. That's that's that ancient, like you gotta come to Mama Takora and she's gonna give you a give you a <laughs> test. That's real. Pass that. Yeah. That was like our boyfriend. We took him to Mama. That was a real eye opener because you know, the person I was with before was not even vegan at all, not vegetarian. And I committed to myself that the next time I'm be with somebody, they go be on the same level I am, if not higher, which was exactly what I got. I got what I asked for and been vegan ever since. So we did um, completely mucus free with my first child. And we've been like mucus lean slash mucus free here and there, been on the roller coaster, but have not, you know, went back to the dairy or the meat or anything like that. Right, right. That's that's what's up, and thank you, thank you for sharing that. And Just and that's the thing that to to be real, because we're gonna try to be as real as we can here, because everybody. Mm-hmm. I always say it's not a if you relapse, when you relapse. No one in this community likes to talk about that. They don't like to be honest about that. Everybody has a different relapse experience, but that's why I always encourage and say to focus on practice of the system, the mucusless diet healing system. You know, it's not you have to be 100 percent this or that. It's not a food list that you have to like genuflect to and worship. It's it's a system and you do it and practice it to the best of your ability in whatever situation you're in at the time so i appreciate you sharing that story that's going to help people you know so they don't as i tell i'll say all the time don't feel guilty don't be beating yourself up when you fall off the wagon that's part of this process and and i can say when you do that when you do beat yourself up you kind of make the situation worse for yourself oh yeah and someone told me it's like if you go do it enjoy it while you're doing it but don't make it into a habit mm-hmm. do it and then you get back right back onto what you're supposed to be doing 
Because when you make yourself feel bad about it, then it's like, oh, man. You you delve into it and you do it even more. You do it even excessive. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The energy level starts going low and you get you get grabbed. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's my testimony so far. All right. Thank you. Well, we, uh, we're going to come back to you because we want to hear about what that was like. Uh, being raised by Mama Takora growing up. <laughs> I was hungry. No. I was hungry no. all the time. My nieces and nephews, they got a song about coming over to my house. Can mm. I get some roast beef? Can I get some tofu? Can I get some tofu? Who made that song up? They all sat around and made the song up. Called a starvation camp. I was like, okay, I, I, I can attest to not feeding them garbage. They always had fun when they came over, but one thing that they didn't like was that they was hungry. They wanted to come over to have fun, but they didn't. That's want what to, the parasites. They didn't want to stay long. Eating parasites is eating the food up out the body, so they crave junk. So with being twenty five and thirty. 35 or 30 a little bit over 30 that time for me i had children at those ages mm. so that created more discipline for me the mucusless diet did yeah most good well let's so let's let's stay with that since we kind of talk you know we talking in that vein talk a little bit about that experience of being pregnant and in the different times, whatever you were doing, I know you were different levels of diet with some of your different pregnancies. So just talk a little bit about that, what that was like, what kind of stuff you were eating, if you was, you know, cleansing or herbs or what, whatever you were doing, kind of talk a little bit about that. And then uh, maybe a, a few words about uh, midwifery or the importance of that. Everybody should probably know about that instead of going to the, uh, the, the, the hell spittles. Can we create a word today? Hospital, hospital, <laughs> hospital. Yeah, I like that. Uh, yeah, so it was the mama Takora. For my um, first birth, uh, during the 80s, I was reading Dick Gregory's uh, Cooking with Mother Nature. And that is the first time I basically, you know, decided to transition to a more stricter regimen as far as eating. Uh, being a Hebrew Israelite, we had certain guidelines about what meat was clean and what meat wasn't. So uh, studying about Haile Selassie and a lot of brothers and sisters, especially men that were uh, Rastas, they would tell us, you know, eating the flesh of animals is not God's way, you know, and but yet some of them still ate fish. And I only met two live food eaters. That was Ski on Success. And um, uh, when I, I knew Victor Bertram first, he was the first one that I, I met. He's a saxophone player. And I mean, just amazing, this brother. I mean, I talked to Vic today and this is, you know, his frequency is just really off the chain. And he told me, he said uh, that we're light beings and we're not going to be in these bodies when we transition. We got to, you know, ascend. But I'm still learning what ascension looks like and feels like. 
So during my first childbearing, um, I gave up a lot of things. I stopped using uh, ganja, marijuana. I didn't stop completely, but I stopped, you know, uh, using it excessively because I didn't know what it would do to my child. And I stopped drinking beer, which was supposed to be the cleanest beer at the time, which was bush beer. I stopped using that and I ate uh, a lot of fruit. Plums was my biggie. Uh, we had relatives that had a, a small garden in their backyard in Evanston. And basically, pretty much everybody at the time, back in the 70s and 80s, they probably would have some kind of fruit tree in their yards. You don't see that today. You know, you might find pines and juniper and other deciduous trees. However, fruit trees were more um, accessible then. And so... Um, I ate a lot of fruit and the herbs that I used were to strengthen my uterus. Um, bayberry bark and I used uh, raspberry, raspberry herbs. Oh, yeah. And when the child was coming, I wanted to have my child at home. So I had three midwives, four in all, one was training. And the midwife that helped to bring uh, my oldest daughter here she herself was heavily into herbs and so uh the herbs they are very very powerful depending on you know uh how you use them because i use them all the time i drink herbs all the time you know and uh she came the navel cord was around her neck they told me to stop pushing i did and the this midwife had no teachings from anybody with a degree. She was basically a novice, self-taught. She took her finger and stuck it between the neck and the navel cord. She pulled the navel cord and the baby's head swirled in a circle and came out the cord. Now, at the time, the father, my child's father, had come in. He was traumatized. He never, ever wanted to see that again. As a matter of fact, my second birth, I prepared everything, had the child at home. He took me to the hospital. And a European male, a young a young uh, doctor, delivered uh, my second child. I felt very embarrassed because he saw my naked body. And I kept telling him that I couldn't have another man look upon my body. Because, you know, I'm all religious then. You know, I'm kind of into this, you know, cycle where... Um, I'm uh, protecting myself and my body and my baby from the stranger. And so um, when I had her, she was born with, they said, chlamydia in her eyes. And they asked me, had I ever had a venereal disease? And I was like, no. So the, the chlamydia could have been attracted from someone who helped deliver the baby. And I just didn't, I didn't have a clue. I didn't know. So they put drops in her eyes because they said she would be would have been born blind had we not had her there at the hospital. But that's not to me uh, a, a fact. She had a um, at the top of her head. They put a monitor inside of my body. They put the doctor put his hand in my womb and put some kind of machine on her head. So when she was born, she had uh, uh, a dent. You could feel it felt like a cardboard in the top of her head. And 
he had obviously pressed it too hard because you know the cranium is real sensitive coming through a wound mm -hmm. so that part of her head didn't heal for about like five or six months because it stayed soft at the top of her head well i don't know they couldn't put like a trip in there i don't know but um i decided i wasn't having any more children in the hospital and i put my foot down to this man this roster third child i did everything i did with the first and the second one i was prepared and i had her on january 15th which is martin luther king's birthday and uh to this day, you know, she's vegetarian. She too slid back into, you know, um, the uh, standard American diet and experienced, you know, social as well as psychological and, you know, physical trauma. And I'm constantly reminding them, you know, do your herbs, do them enemas every day. I'm like, I've been doing them since y'all met me, you know, since these children met me. So, and I'm still doing them even more. So as a matter of fact, I'm doing them three and four times in a day. So what that tell you, and I still climb trees, ride bikes, skate, and I do everything else that I want to do on the planet. I even travel. So I'm just letting them know that, you know, this has a lot to do with your, your finances, your, your uh, physical health, your well-being, your mental uh, clarity and your balance, everything. So uh, the fourth child, I ate a lot of cucumbers. Uh, she's pretty clairvoyant, scorpion. And when she came, uh, my second daughter, she was uh, looking, this is the one that was born in the hospital. She was reading a book called Sell Away by Charlotte Hill. And she said, mama, you do do him. And I realized that the body can be filled with waste in the colon while you're where you're carrying your babies. And that's why a lot of women carry excess of weight. I would do enemas with all my, my birthing. The only one I didn't do enemas with was my oldest daughter because at the time I was still learning. But with my second, third, fourth, and my fifth child, I did enemas. I did as a matter of fact, on on the the fifth child, I did enemas two times in the day and at night before I went to rest. And so I had a lot of vitality. I did everything all the way up until the day I was supposed to give birth. So um, cleaning the bloodstream is extremely important. I will always hear that. That was Victor's mantra. Mantra: You got to clean your blood. You got to clean your blood. And I'll say, I'm cleaning my blood. He said, but you put stuff back in you that's creating filth and i was like what am i doing that's creating filth and he's like you still eat soy i said yeah he said what kind of soy you eat and i told him tofu he said well you need to fry the tofu to make it you know so you can salivate it because everything that you you eat turns into liquid you got to liquefy it to get it to go into the stomach so the digestive juices could break it down to carry it to the liver and so uh he would constantly remind us myself and one of the couple other sisters that we would call him and ask him a bunch of questions he would constantly remind us about doing the enemas the enemas were extremely important simply because they helped to go inside of the lower intestines and open up where otherwise it would be impacted because the colon becoming so impacted that it will affect us mentally it will affect us physically and so many people as well as 
a couple of my nieces, they are overweight. And I know they're suffering from, you know, um, excessive mucus. They'll call them fibroids or they'll call them tumors and what other names they give them, but it's blockage. So by the time I had Ayana, my fifth child, she, she just came out like perfect. I was there by myself with another little young sister and I said, just catch her. And she was afraid to actually physically catch her. So um, she came and I pushed her out and she fell on the bed. I picked her up. The little sister, you know, kind of helped, gave me a towel and I laid her on top of me and I uh, sucked the waste out the nose and the mouth, not the waste, but the mucus. And then uh, I had a syringe, but I didn't use that. Something in my, my spirit told me to use my mouth. And I sucked the stuff out her ears and I just laid her on top of me. And then um, I, I didn't know about the lotus birth at the time, but I would have did the lotus had I known. But I uh, severed the navel cord in three different places. I tied it with um, dental floss. And then um, I laid her down and the, the little sister that was there with me, she prepared some water and she was a bit nervous and she wiped her off and I worked on getting the placenta out. And so I waited for about three contractions and then I pushed and then I pulled the, the cord that was on the placenta and then I bought the placenta forward. So after that, of course, you know, um, I rested really, really good and I would drink warm herbs and, and uh, of course, you know, I had to do me uh, enema a day after because I was like exhausted, but I wasn't tired to the point to where I couldn't function, you know. And at that point in time, um, her father wasn't present. So a mother of four older daughters and a baby, um, it was pretty uh, intense, yet it was beautiful because they were able to learn to help assist in caring for uh, a newborn as well as an older woman. Because at that time, I'm like 35, 36, back in 1997. Uh, I think I was about 30 something then. So that's there's my- a, There was a couple questions related to that that's, that's on the floor and uh, Heidi, <laughs> says, wow, enemas multiple times a day. And uh, then Queen Ebony asked, uh, at what age did you start giving uh, your ch- children enemas? You used maybe the ball of enemas or something. Well, with my youngest, with my oldest daughter, I had to give her an enema as an infant because from the waste that I had been eating, she had experienced, you know, some constipation. So I used a baby ball syringe and and gave her enema. My mother would do us when we were little because we ate government cheese and all that garbage and bread and stuff. And we would be constipated a lot. And she would take her finger with some kind of ivory soap or something and a suppository and stick it in our, our rectum. And we would have a bowel movement. 
I can remember having a bowel movement where it would hurt my stomach and we would push and we would push really, really hard at the time. We would have just a slight blood. I didn't know what hemorrhoids was when I was smaller. But when I got older, I realized that hemorrhoids, they are like, it's like um, a lot of people have hemorrhoids and they don't talk about it. But because they have the standard American diet, they are functionally living with it. So they'll yeah. use laxatives on, on the market, which makes billions and billions of dollars, you know, and uh, people are like functional, constipated zombies. And, I mean, consistently poisoning, pre-poisoning the body. Somebody make a, make a meme that that's good. Yeah, functional exactly. zombies, it's good. So yeah, I work my way up to uh, at least three to four animals throughout the day. I, I, you know, I gotta like that. You know, I said I want to be one of the richest people on the planet. So, hey, what can I say? I got the leisure to do it. You know, I got the time, and I make the time to do it. You know, um, I carry an animal bag with me. There's one in my trunk now, and darn everywhere I go, I got one living with me. You know, I go over to. You know, my daughter and son-in-law's house. I got an animal bag there. I got four of them. As a matter of fact, I'm going to get them and show you. I'm going to have me a bag everywhere I go. And you know how people have to have food? I have to have oxygen. I have my windows down and my ride today. And it was like drinking water, you know, just breathing. And so I got more intense with um, breathing in these in these last few months because i've been doing you know yoga i'm on a superior yoga quest and so um one of my brethren chef t who works here at loving alive um he told me about a place to do uh hot yoga and it was amazing it was so many brothers and sisters there from every walk of life it was amazing. And then he just told me recently about Astanga yoga, which I'm getting ready to check that out and see how that suits me well and, and plug that in with my mucusless diet healing system because uh, Victor asked me had I'd ever done yoga while I was, you know, holding my water in me. And I was like, no. So my first posture would be the headstand. And the headstand is the superior posture in every teachings of yoga because they help balance the organs and i would hold a headstand while i'm doing my animals which is to me equivalent to colon which i've never had but i wouldn't mind trying it one point in time in my life and uh it was just amazing uh it all the water didn't come out because my colon had absorbed it but when it did it was unbelievable the odor yeah, that's an important point to make because people don't always understand when they start doing enemas and the water absorbs into the decades old feces crust. Oh, and <laughs> and you might hey be dealing yeah. with that and then but and then they'll stop and it's like don't stop do it keep doing it for a couple more days and keep eating properly and you know eventually you will have a grand oh. elimination. <laughs> I see a parasite cue posted. It would I'm like. Mm. That remind that just took me back to like 
last year or year and a half they yeah. shared that facebook post that i oh, did oh yeah 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 that one yeah <laughs> that, i mean that parasite i was like these motherfuckers look just alike <laughs> I was like, wow this is amazing so with with any woman that that conceives it is it is doable you know to make the time to uh and and when you need some assistance it will be good to consult someone who would walk through it and that way they can you know because i administer enemas you know i'll tell people i won't look at yourself you know i can do everything you know like helen keller i'll just feel <laughs> And now, you know, I'll help you out, you know. And this, and this question, like, so if somebody is interested in how do you go about studying the midwifery or how to find a, a doula or what is the proper terminology? Educate us in terms of what that is. I know we, we have a, a registered nurse here as well, uh, Kyrene and uh, Mom Takora. And so what talk a little bit about that, if you were letting people know sort of that that world from what's the difference between what happens in, in the hospital versus if you get a, a trained doula or a midwife or however you want to I'll let, I'll let Tareen, you know I'll just you know kind of like piggyback after after she give a reason because right now so many people they would choose a hospital over a doula simply because they that's where they've been trained at mentally yeah yeah i mean there's birthing centers um and i mean there are some doctors that uh will i mean i've heard of doctors that will deliver your baby at home um along with a midwife nurse uh, but i i mean i've only heard that of that in here in puerto rico um but as far as like in in the states I'm, in New York, I know there's a couple of birthing centers, um, and so you would work one-on-one -on -one with a with a midwife. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the way to go um, because of you know the doctors. A lot of doctors push for C-section, and it's yes. it, it's not easy finding a doctor who is going to push for you to deliver naturally. Yeah. Um, I think that's more of a challenge nowadays. Um, so if you are going to deliver in a hospital, I would say try to find a doctor who is on board and who, it, you know, is really going to support you in in your decision to to natural birth. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as delivering at home, I, I think it's it's a great option. It's it is safe. Sometimes uh, you will hear from some people that. Um, oh, well, like, you know, what if an emergency happens? Well, there's usually uh, an emergency plan um, that the doctor will have in place if you decide to have a natural um, birth at home. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely um, a more uh, an option to think about. Okay. Um, for myself, since I was... 19 the women that were there for me none of them had any formal or higher education as for this like college and uh i think sister kitur brenda moore israel she 
uh, coming out of the Hebrew Israelite camp, uh, these sisters, they, they lived in the, the forest in the woods for like, I think about a year or two before they came back into the inner city of Cincinnati because they were in the train thought of, you know, Babylon coming to an end. So we already know what all that was about, you know, the scare tactics to, to figure out who was revolutionary. So their thing was to train women through hands-on, you know, so the majority of the women that were called mid, they were called midwives in the community where we were. Uh, when we got to uh, a little higher learning, we started learning different terms like doula and uh, doula, midwives, and it was a, it's another term too. I got to think of that. Um, the women would, when a sister would have a, a, a conceive, she would say. Well, uh, I want this one to do to deliver my baby, and the other sisters would come support. But that one particular woman would would be the one that would like catch the baby, and do the necessary uh, protocol, and the uh, other sisters would assist. And so my sister in law, she was learning with Kitur, and then Kitur's sister Yehudiah Israel. She too uh, had birthed, bought, she bought for at least a dozen, two dozen babies in her lifetime. As a matter of fact, Miss Juanita down at the vital statistics, they was after her because they kept saying her name on birth certificates for children and no father's names. And they didn't like that because back in the day, a lot of the women were getting on assistance because they didn't work. They didn't utilize uh, the workforce because these women being Hebrew Israelites, you know, it was like uh, their, their men, they were targets. So to keep these brothers from being in the system, uh, they would protect them in that way. You know, they wouldn't put on child support, but they will live with the woman to help, you know, take care of the children. Their names just one on the birth certificate. So all of that came to uh, a halt because of miseducation. S same thing with the diet. You know, um, the more knowledge certain ones got, the less they ate. And the ones that continued with the same diet, they went back to eating flesh. And even though they were, you know, they weren't really 100% vegetarian, they just didn't eat pork. And even some of the people in the nation, the same exact thing, I'm talking about the nation of Islam. So the doulas or the midwives, uh, they were hands on, you know, and then they were, uh, all of them would get books, particularly from the library and wouldn't check them back in they would keep them. And so uh, the benefactors were the younger sisters that was interested in it. We have numerous doulas now. Uh, where I'm at in Georgia, I couldn't tell you how many here. I do know the oldest one, uh, my sister in the uh, city. Uh, she is one of the oldest midwives, really, really, really patient. Um, 
extremely disciplined. You know, uh, as a matter of fact, she's a certified yogi. And uh, our vision is to see people detach from um, the fear and to learn that your breath and this is this is this is actually this is fact your breath is your treasure you don't you don't know what's breathing you you know you're getting your next breath though and and the deeper you breathe the the cleaner your blood becomes and the cleaner that you eat the less you eat so i i went from 105 i'm probably about 80 pounds now and i can contort i can do all kind of postures now postures that i could not do it took me up to 15 to 20 years to do certain ones now and i i was i was so impressed i was in awe that i was able to get there now because i stayed consistent with cleansing and when i when i'm holding water I'm doing things like that so that these areas here can get the release from the tension. My legs, I do certain postures where I'm just holding. I hold them now and, and I don't feel any sensation, no pain at all, no numbness, anything. But that comes with discipline. You know, you have to have the discipline and doulas are going to teach uh, the women that when they bring forth their children, uh, the things that they should be doing so that in the event that a midwife is not there, you can bring that child in yourself. You know, um, I left the house when my second grandchild was born and my son <laughs> he had to bring his baby here with Ayana, you know, and uh, when she came, he did well. I was very impressed because, you know, he watched the first one. And then it's like he just knew what to do with the second. And uh, of course, she had a lotus. She kept the placenta on the baby. So they really didn't need my help at all, you know, because they had knew the work to do. I was looking for that shirt. That's what I was going to wear. I wound up putting on this. <laughs> this was the, from uh, the uh, second annual Arnold Eric Day celebration where uh, Sister Decora led everybody with a little little yoga at the end of, of her presentation here. Yeah, that was fun. Oh, my goodness. Thanks. That felt great. Yeah, for that shirt, I know where it's at too. It's over there, Mother's Earth blessing, because I took it down there because I was gonna wear it. Right. But I got two of them. So that was, you know, the gist of duels and midwifery. Where I'm. Yeah. At. Yeah, that's uh, that's great. And that should just be something that. <laughs> definitely be talking about more i mean i know in our community and in some of the smaller so you know consciousness communities that it's it's better known well known uh but i know i'll never hear anything halfway mainstream ever talk about it like 
maybe you hear it, but no, I they wouldn't because then yeah. you know you that's messing with you know the elite's pocket. They mm. they're not gonna do that. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is that Yoda there? Yeah. <laughs> Just <Yoda>. that. <laughs> He's so funny. It's so cute. This is my yeah. grandbabies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I actually think it got some. Uh, what you call it in the eyes? They, you know, because all the new toys now they got things in them. Oh, you never yeah. know. Never know. I'll be so, like, hey, big brother, how you doing? You want an animal? Tell Donald Trump to come on over to the center. Right. I don't play. I'll be serious. I am very, very serious. You know, we make sure that the the politicians here get access to, you know, the information so they can you know, stumble into the center and say, well, what is this all about? You're like, well, we got some gallon enema bags now. <laughs> Get them ready. <laughs> we they really want to it. We, yes, we really <laughs> want them to do it. You know, it's just, this is a pandemic is ridiculous. So yeah. we want to um, really enforce and pump that up. Definitely. All right. Well, then let's Thank you for that, and, and this, of course, keep on talking about uh, about that topic. But we will, uh, and we will talk about it more. I mean, it's just so important. Uh, but I want to pivot now and talk a little bit about the menstrual cycle, and I uh, want to talk a little bit with uh, Andrea, and if you could share a little bit about your story, and really, it's a testimonial of how powerful the mucus diet, raw foods cleaning yourself up, how powerful that is and to create real healing. Because so often you think people see testimonials or they hear people's stories or they kind of, I don't know, it's like, I don't know if it, at this point it kind of goes over people's heads or they think it's something that is not real, but it's real. And, uh, and, and Andrea definitely has a real story. So I turn it over to Andrea. Yeah. So, um, how do I even start? So all my life I've suffered with horrible periods, horrible cramps, like just on another level where I basically just would plan out a couple days during that week every month to do nothing and just kind of suffer through it or just kind of deal with it. And um, I thought that was normal um, because a lot of other women and, you know, girls my age, um, you know, suffer through the same, you know, horrible cramps and, you know, you know, very fatigued, couldn't kind of like go on with their everyday. So that was my experience throughout my entire life. And uh, yeah, I always got told it was normal. So I never really thought anything about it. Um, and that went on until my adulthood. Um, and it just kind of, uh, in 2019, it kind of just started getting really bad to another level where I was starting to think that there was something wrong. Um, but I really didn't do anything at first. And then every month when I would get it, uh, my cycle, I would just, I would be like throwing up like very dramatically. Um, I couldn't be out in like the sunlight. I couldn't be out um, in any sort of heat without my body kind of shutting down. Um, I couldn't, I couldn't, I would take the week off of work all the time. Like I was always just out sick during that week. And it was, it was the norm. Um, but then over like a course of starting from probably like April until December of 2019, it was like a huge episode 
um, where every month it was just getting drastically worse and worse. And I didn't know what was going on. And then I started to kind of like black out during some, some um, like instances during that week. And then I just, it was just, it was horrible. And so then I was like, okay, well, let me go get checkups and let me go get tested um, because there's clearly something wrong. Um, and so I would go, I actually, I woke up one morning, this is how it actually happened. I woke up one morning and um, I had really sharp pain, um, just like on one side of my body, I think on the left side. And I thought it was my appendix, like my appendix had burst. And um, I have a twin sister and her appendix had burst like a couple years before that. So I was like thinking, you know, maybe this is just a thing that happens, you know, it happened to my twin, so it's gonna happen to me. And that was my first, um, my first thought. And I called my, I called my mom and she was like, yeah, it sounds like it's your appendix, like you should go to the ER. So um, my boyfriend, I actually didn't even have a car at the time. So we requested an Uber to go take me to the ER. And, um, and it, thankfully it was down the street, but it was like, I was just in so much pain. I was just like crying. I had no idea what was going on. And I go to the ER and they were like taking all sorts of tests on me um, because I told them I thought it was my appendix. So that's what they kind of thought at first too. So it took a, you know, the cat scans, the ultrasounds. And then they come back as I'm just like laying there in pain the whole time. And they were like, no, you're fine actually. Um, it's not your appendix. Um, you know, we have good news. You actually just have an ovarian cyst, like a small ovarian cyst. And wow. basically like you can go on about your day um, as if like, you know, that was the best news I could have gotten. And I was like, okay, I guess that's good news. In the grand scheme of things from how telling me, but I really, you know, just deep down knew that like there was obviously something else going on and, and whatever. So, I asked them, what should I do? Because they basically were just gonna tell me to go home. They couldn't do anything for me. And so I asked them like what I should do going forward because I'm clearly still in a lot of pain um, with no answers. So what am I supposed to do going forward? Because it's been like six months of every month it getting drastically worse. And, um, and so they said, what pain medication do you want? Um, like what painkiller do you want? Because Wow. The only thing they, they could, and I said, no, I don't want any, uh, because that's not going to solve the issue. Um, and at the time I was working in the cannabis industry actually. So I used, you know, the amazing cannabis plant to help the pain and I use CBD to help the inflammation because, um, after the hospital visit, I actually, it, it kind of got worse again for like two months after that. And I was very inflamed where it looked like I was pregnant and I couldn't walk. And it was just so much um, inflammation, so much like uh, just, just so much pain in that area where it was just, it, I couldn't physically walk. So I had taken a month off of work, like a medical leave. And um, just because I had to kind of keep going from doctor to doctor, getting more tests. Um, and that was kind of me pushing the doctors to, do these tests because when I would go in and they, they didn't really give me any suggestions. And actually the only thing they told me was you should just go on birth control because it sounds like you just have bad cramps and it is what it is and it's normal. And the only thing that we can do for you is give you birth control. 
And um, I didn't feel comfortable with that. So I didn't take, I didn't take that suggestion. Um, and so my health insurance at the time wasn't the best. So there was like so much delay in each visit that I can go to. So I was just kind of staying at home for weeks at a time until I can go to the next visit and to the next visit and just asking for help from other people that I knew around me, um, you know, trying to get, trying to find people that either went through the same thing or had some more information, maybe like alternative health information that I wasn't getting from the hospitals or from the doctors. Um, so then I go to see a gynecologist and she goes, yeah, actually you have like a slight bacterial infection. Um, so just take these antibiotics um, and you should be fine. So I said, okay, is that my only option? She said, yes. So I took the antibiotics and I got rid of the infection, but my, my cycles would still be the same. They would still be bad and I was still very inflamed and it just, it, it wasn't fun. So that's when I kind of, you know, after so many months of being so sick and just, you know, going through so many like traumatic experiences, um, like blacking out was just like on another level. It was just like not fun. So that's when I started looking into like a raw vegan diet and the mucusless diet and juicing. And I've, I was vegan already like for, it's been five years now. So four years or so uh, back then. And I thought it was healthy. And I thought that my, I never took my diet in consideration when it came to the issues I was dealing with at the time. And I never had any health issues growing up. So I never thought that my diet really had that much of a role. Um, and, you know, even though I was vegan, I was still eating junk food vegan. I was a junk food vegan for sure. You know, eating the processed meats and cheeses and trying all the, the new vegan places in Los Angeles that they had. And, and I never had any issues. So I didn't think to change that um, until this happened. And then I really started to look into juicing, especially and the raw vegan diet. So that's when, yeah, there I am. <laughs> um, and well, also before I forget this part, so I, it, everything kind of, the infections kind of went away and you know, the CBD really helped the inflammation. So I was able to kind of walk again and slowly go back into my normal routine and go back into work. And I had lost a lot of weight during that time because I wasn't active and I wasn't eating much. And so it was kind of hard to kind of rebuild my body. And after I thought it was all said and done, uh, I got the flu, horrible flu, um, which also then made me lose a lot more weight. And it was just like the, the breaking point for me where I was like, okay, I really need to do something. I'd never want to be this sick ever again. Um, so that's when, yeah, I started transitioning into this. Um, I started picking up juicing and really kind of just doing my homework and, uh, talking to other people. I didn't really know anybody in, in my life personal that was juicing regularly or was, um, eating a raw vegan diet or anything in that world. So I did this page, my Instagram page and started connecting with people and just learned like so much within the span of a year. And I'm, I'm still learning, but, um, with that, uh, my cycles started to get progressively better and better. And I still had my, my moments, of course. But when I changed my diet and I started juicing, I, and I you know, cut out the caffeine and, 
and all that stuff. Um, it was like a, a 160 and I just, when it's funny actually that we're doing this podcast today because I actually just got my cycle today, which was like perfect timing to talk about all this. And it's, it's everything has been a breeze. And, and in the last, I would say in the last eight months or so, it's been like a 180 where, I, you know, my cycles are pain-free. I'm not like lying in bed, you know, like wishing it was over and I can go on about my day and, and I can just do everything. I can be active. I can exercise without a problem. And for having like horrible experiences for over 10 years in my life, I never thought that, that that would be a normal situation for me. So that's when I started seeing these results more and more over the months. I, I don't like want to go back. I don't want to change my diet or anything. I want to kind of continue on this path. So that was my, my little like confirmation that this is the right path for me and the right diet for me and lifestyle and, and it works. And that's why I'm like such a huge advocate for, for living this way or eating this way, or just kind of taking your diet into consideration um, for any health issues, but especially, you know, the reproductive system for women, because it really is, it's all correlated. It's all, um, you know, um, one in another. So, so that's kind of, that's my story in a nutshell. And, um, and you know, why I'm such a huge advocate and how I overcame horrible, horrible, uh, debilitating cycles. And now they're pain-free essentially. And kind of like, I look forward to them in a way because I know it's going to be a breeze. So I feel like I'm a true testimony to, you know, you can overcome something that seems so normal and common to women, but it's actually not. And I feel like it should all be a breeze for everybody. And um, yeah. So that's my story. Thank you for sharing. And because I, I, I hear, you know, I, I'm on the receiving end of a lot of similar testimonies, but it's like they they don't get real public. You know, they're only made public because it's a sensitive topic. But uh, I think it's real important yeah. to understand that what we always talk about, clean yourself up. That's what we were talking about. You clean yourself by, by how? Cleaning up your diet, colon irrigation, sunbathing, breathing, yoga, stretching, you know, the, the lifestyle systematically about the system. And uh, so right. that's very, very powerful. And, uh, and while we're talking to you, you I know you know it's not public. You want to mention your, your business, right. your aspirations for what you're doing there? Yeah, well, since I started juicing so heavily and it became like a, a routine for me every day, I started to think, you know, well, I started to make juices for family and for friends. And, you know, when I would go out and I would always be the person bringing juices or drinking a juice and people started to get curious and they started to try them and I started to make them make juices for them and, and they love them. So I was like, why don't I just create a juice business? do it on the side just to see what would happen. And yeah, there they are. <laughs> um, and it kind of, I, it was like an overnight thing and it, it took off for what it is. And, and uh, I, yeah, so it's, yeah, like you mentioned, it's uh it's not like a public thing right now. I'm working on expanding it and making it super legit. But right now it's a, I'm a one woman show and I make them for family and friends and word of mouth in the area in here in Los Angeles. So yeah, watch out for that in the near future. Everybody can purchase them at one point. Um, but yeah, it's my little uh, 
gift to the world because I feel like one little bottle of juice can help somebody in some way, even if they don't know it. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's the the real in a wave of the future. I mean, that's because that's what it's supposed to be. Not supposed to be Coca Cola and right. Pepsi right. and all this mess. It's supposed to be fresh juice. We have the means. We have the resources. 2021 yet people are still making this weird high fructose concoctions and uh so i definitely commend uh, dre on yeah. on the juice uh juice Thank business you. you know that local and it starts like that you know the local you know that local level definitely yeah and people are surprised i mean when i get like for example last night i gave a juice to somebody and it was just pure melon juice and they were like are you sure there's no sugar out of <laughs> nope. It's pure fruit sugar. Yep. It's better love, than fake sugar. And, and now they're hooked. So <laughs> love sweet. Yeah. And uh, yeah. there's a question for Andrea from Queen Ebony. Uh, Ebony asks, uh, are you a raw foodist? I guess uh, how you identify yourself mm -hmm. if you into the labels. Yeah. 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 Um, well, I eat a, a high raw diet. Um, I'm not 100% raw because I'm still in my transition um, and I'm taking it at my pace. Um, so I eat right now. I, I juice throughout the day and I eat raw a lot of fruit and raw foods and veggies. And then I have a cooked plant-based dinner for dinner at night. Yeah. So I'm not 100% raw, but I'm, words, the I'm, system. I'm a high raw <laughs> vegan, if that's what you want to call me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank exactly. you so much for your testimony. And uh, there might be a little delay here, it seems like. But uh, I'm going to ask Kyrene to uh, share a little bit of your story. And, uh, and and also while we're still kind of on the topic of cycles, just if if changing your diet has improved that at all, uh, mm -hmm. and just you know how how you kind of flow through through your day. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah so, sure. Uh, so it's definitely. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just, yeah, I think I was, sorry, I was I asking Kyrene right now. It's so delayed yeah. on my. Yeah, we gotta. You yeah. you might be able to leave and come back in, and it. I think it'll reset it. I might do that actually. Oh, you're uh, you're okay. Proud. Sure okay. So we'll we'll <laughs> we'll we'll, uh, we'll talk a second. They're gonna leave and come back in to see if we can reset the uh, reset the levels here. But uh, Mama Takora, you she's she's she is astral traveling right now. <laughs> okay How, how's that Kyrie? better yeah all right definitely better so uh so yeah um, so share yeah share a little bit about your your journey yeah so um i definitely believe that um what you eat it definitely has an impact on your menstrual cycle a hundred percent um before switching to a vegan diet, um, my periods were heavy. They were almost seven days and they were painful. Um, I had blood clots almost every period. And I would say the size of a quarter or sometimes even bigger. So 
my periods were definitely painful every month. Um, on my, like the second day, which is usually the heaviest day of my period, um, I would usually just stay home um, because of the pain and I would feel really drained and tired. Um, so uh, I would just like be in bed that, that first day. Um, and like Andrea said, I mean, we, you know, you think that this is the way it's supposed to be. Um, it's normal, but um, when you start cleaning up your diet, you really experience a difference. And I switched to a vegan diet um, in December of 2017, and I did a fruit fast in March. And during that month, I actually missed my period because I was deep in detox. Um, and then when I got my period the next month, it was definitely lighter. So I went from like a seven day period to like a three, four day period. And um, not as painful as before. I still to this day experience some pain uh, like on my second day, but it's mild and I don't feel like I mean, I'm able to just go about my business and, and, you know, I feel fine. Um, and I feel like I can work out. And so it doesn't affect my, my daily activity. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I, you know, one thing I did notice is that the more you incorporate the raw fruits and veggies, the lighter your period is. Um, and, and I, and it wasn't too long for me to experience these benefits. So I, I truly believe that being on the Mikosis diet system will, you will experience the benefits, um, on, of your menstrual cycle. And it, um, and it's just amazing. I don't, I don't have blood clots like I used to. Um, I think that stopped basically right after becoming vegan. Um, and yeah, it, it definitely, I feel much better. I don't feel as drained um, when I do have my period now. And like I said, I still have some pain, but it's mild and uh, it's, you know, I, I can deal with it. Um, yeah, well, thank you for for that uh, that testimonial again, it's just so important because it's because it's it's simple and it's, so people are suffering unnecessarily when just being being humble, saying I got to let's, let's clean clean myself up a little bit and yeah you know, yeah results as some people would say are miraculous. They are just what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed yeah. to be people. My, exactly. my testimonial about cycle, it it was to me it was short lived because um when I uh first came on my cycle I was shocked. I was 14 and some people I guess would consider me like a late bloomer, but to me that was an appropriate age because uh quite a few young girls I knew at the time they had experienced and they were experiencing some very um critical uh cramping now one of my sisters 
both my older sisters, they would get cramps, but the second eldest, she would have them so severely. My grandfather, shaman, he would take his hand and put it on his on her stomach and shake his hand. And she would go from ah intense hollering to calm. And we would just sit and watch this like for hours and watch him do it. We was like he had magic hands. And uh my grandmother, she would give my cousin golden seal. You know, she had Alveda herbs at the time. I don't know if Alveda is still on the market, but they had every herb you can name that was in Jethro Claus's back to Edenwood. And each herb that was used actually was heated in water, it simmered, or it steeped. And uh, it was only a little sweetener was used only when it was too bitter. So it would break down the waste in the colon and give the colon a chance to rest. Because any cramping, any and all cramping anywhere is inflammation you know pus or the mucus and um any pain anywhere comes from the bloodstream not being well oxygenated so when i turned um like 18 or 19 i would stay on my cycle for like three to four days five at the most never had a seven day cycle that i can remember of, even after i had my children and they all have mild cramping. Now I found out that your cycle would cease to continue the cleaner you get your blood. I experienced that in my 45th year. When I turned 45, my cycles had stopped and I didn't know what was going on with my body because I'm thinking like, uh, I'm not experiencing menopause. I would ask women, how old were they when they experienced that? And I, I realized that I didn't get the same things that they got. Even if I had gotten it, I don't think it would have been that severe because uh, I started doing lemon enemas, straight lemons. And whatever was going on down there, it was removed, the blockage. So then uh, the <clears throat> Time that will pass monthly. I never knew how to keep up with well, my, my cycle. Please. My cycle, my sister told me the day that you go off your cycle, mark it on the calendar, and count 28 days from there, and your cycle will be, and that's how mine was consistently. I will come on on the exact day because I learned how to do it. And then uh, the more enemas I started, in indulging in or using my cycle changed so it was hard to keep up with the day after i started doing so much cleansing and i noticed that they got lighter and lighter the last cycle that i had i had a little mild cramping and i would have pink blood it wasn't red or deep red like it used to be and I was like, I went back to the neutral diagnosis system but I'm read about the, the cycles. And I was like, I'm experiencing this. So by the time I was like 48, 49, I didn't have any cycle at all. So you now did you, would you still have been capable of getting pregnant? Because I guess yeah. that's the question. Oh, yeah. So you yeah, can, you, you, can, you can didn't conceive. have the cycle, but you still could have gotten you pregnant. You still conceive. 
you can yeah. still conceive and that's one of the uh you know i say misinformed part of science you know i i think the experimentations give them some facts and then also too there's still some things that they don't know you know um i know two women now one i'm just transitioned 42 years old she had a baby in her and she had stents in her heart we didn't know because she had a major heart attack last year and so uh she and the little one didn't come through i think the little one may still be alive because you know how science is you know how the hospitals get when they have something to research and uh, she transitioned however i do know another woman that's like 40 plus and she's walking around here waiting to drop her load now you know so you're not your body you got to get your body to a certain frequency to be able to really really have that kind of discipline to bring forth children and i think you know i'm like i'm not having my grandbabies i'm just not gonna really have no more folks up out of this little thing here <laughs> uh, i'm careful about the times where I, I don't engage like i would with a toxic body it's like now my decisions are ever clear and my time to uh have moments with intimacy with my partner you know we talk i'm like what you eat today what you been eating you know so if he's indulging in something that i don't eat i'm like bro we're gonna have to like chill you know because mccann do that we just you know and he respects that you know because there's some things he's still working through with his transitioning and i'm like you know i've been there before with you know uh brothers that wasn't really like on the same page they would they would start out good but then it was like they would struggle it was um and they and then they would read a little bit of the book and they put it down and then they wouldn't stay consistent with it so i was like you know i'm i'm a worker and a working in progression and and when i see people are um afraid of the work or they uh create any excuse not to be disciplined you know i detach and i continue doing my work and they eventually move on themselves you know they'll move themselves right on along or should i say they'll boot themselves up out of there because you know any bowel movement any movement is a good thing you know you want to be able to be influential with people period in general even if you're in a grocery store and you're talking to somebody and 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 they're asking some simple questions and and it's okay to talk about animals you know um i'm leisurely talking about them all the time yes <laughs> yes you are and uh i want to so and, and you're i think the perfect person to to because you're already talking about this but to refer directly to the text because this is doesn't get talked about a lot so let's throw this out there and and, and bring it you know bring it out so in the uh sex part two uh here it says this is a mutated version of bf and here it says if the female body is perfectly clean through this diet the menstruation disappears that's true 
<laughs> a lot of people are mad right now that that was said. You know, they're like, That's people have read this book and missed this part. Uh, so, so talk. So just that that sentence. That's enough. I like talk. Testament of that because yeah. I wanted to see. I wanted to. I'm the only way I could know it is to do it in oral. Eric, you know, that was my Bible. Literally, I carried that book with me everywhere for for at least eight years because I I wanted to know how he did this stuff on his own body. And then when I started doing it on my own body, I was able to see it. And like I said, between the ages of 45 and 48, I was able to really actually experience it. Because one of my close sisters, she conceived. She had two of them had babies in their uh, past 40. And I wanted to continue doing the enemas so that I could get off to see what it feel like to actually be off of a cycle and not experience a menopause is real. And I don't know anybody else that has um, experienced it with that level of, you know, uh, documentation. Cause I, uh, one of my sisters, CDO, we will have sister circles up in uh, uh, Kentucky. And then some of them will come to Ohio. And uh, during that time, I think I was the only one basically uh, doing the music dying healing system. And she said in the circle, well, it's important to keep a journal because you won't remember everything. And so in doing the journaling, uh, I recorded some of the things that I was experiencing, you know, with myself, my relationships, uh, my moods, you know, um, and during the times that I fasted, or when I fast, I would say to my children, and especially my younger ones, because they would answer the phone. I was like, well, if anybody call, tell them I call them when I get in, which meant when I get into my consciousness, because I was resting. I had I had to rest. Rest. The bed was my best friend. I, I could go from the bathroom to the bed. I will have my music on, my Cosmic I Am. That was a CD that I got from Kalika Mawusi that Adama had did way back in the day from her teacher. And I would just rest. And I would just like really, really meditate and rest. One of my close sisters here, Mother Mandara, she has a book called The Art of Relaxation. So inside there, it teaches us that, you know, your breath, is it's essential and in and, and your breathing we should know how to be relaxed we should know how to rest and most of us we have sleepless nights we'll get up in the middle of the night uh, many of us eat unfortunately uh, many of us will turn the television on or probably some videos or whatever and we will watch it and fall asleep with it on in our subconscious mind so all this stuff is continuously uh, a pollutant. And so the body and the mind can't get rest. Today I did an observation, extreme observation. And I looked at everybody that was around me. If they wasn't like this, they was like this, or either they was zoned and like they was like literally like just like didn't know what was going on and, and and this behavior is consistent and then i looked 
at the uh, the grocery stores and they tell you to stay uh, social distancing with, you know, that don't even exist no more because everybody is, you know, in line, close to shopping, going past one another. And then you'll hear some coughing. Now, the masks are supposed to shield you and these other people from whatever's going on. But in the same breath, in the same breath, it's going back, the toxins and waste is going back into us. So I'm learning to detach from being in, you know, a larger social environment and staying plugged into where we are. Because it's more of us where we are that are cleansing and moving toward the higher vibration than it is for me to be out in society where it's so many uh, people that are sick. So bringing it back home with the, um, the, the woman doing the enemas, I stepped up into doing it a little more frequently as I was learning to shut that cycle off. I would do uh, lemon enemas frequently. I didn't do lemon enemas like I do them now. I can do lemon enema uh, like once or twice. I use lemon water uh, once or twice during my enemas. And uh, otherwise, I'll do warm water and warm water with clay. You know, but back then, I did, I would do 20, 25 lemons straight. And then, uh, I lessened them to 10 and then down to like two or three of them because I can hold two or three in my colon for a good 45 minutes. I can hold it literally. And by the time I move my bowels, the mucoid plaque was unbelievable. It was just, it's, I, I feel really, really sad and thinking about that now uh, as many people here that I see that are obese. I saw a little boy that was at least 150 pounds. He would probably wasn't about eight or nine years old. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it's tragic. How's, so, a, how's a baby gonna feel when you got this all up in you? Yeah. Pregnant. Yeah. Wow. How's that child gonna gonna fare? Well, most of them are born with issues because. Mm. Um, Wow, look at that one right there. That's mm -hmm. how I looked at uh, the one all the way on the end from the last, that second one from the last at the end, all the way over. Which one? That black one that looked like an S at the bottom. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's mm -hmm. how my little boy plaque looks. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, this the. Wow. The real stuff. But people still don't think it's real. And I'm like, man. All right, you can li live in that delusional realm. Well, actually, you know. actually, it's a dying, and and I I learned to um, remind people that one we we're we're coming in sick because we we got generations mm. of poisons, right? And so, in order to start living, this is what you're getting rid of, right? So, um, I don't call what we do a diet. I call it a liberty. You know, and I understand why um, it's called the mucusless diet healing system, because 
when you're die eating, when you're eating and you're dying, then there will be a day where you won't be eating at all. Is sister up? I hear. Is that the pitter patter of little feet? <laughs> yeah, that's the holy truth, brother. <laughs> Come here. Come here, say hi. Come here, say hi to. Come here. Come here, sister. Come say hi to Auntie Mama's and Papa Baba. Papa Baba. And, uh, and real quick, I wanted to. So I won't. We won't talk too much more about this. We can move on to some other topics. But while we were to kind of finish up the about the menses, this is uh, in the rational fasting in our edition of it, as well as some later editions of the. Of, rational fasting my road to health by Teresa mitchell and she has a testimony in here that backs up what Eric was talking about where she says that her, her menstrual periods only occurred at six month intervals and when they did come i felt no nervous reaction or mental depression and absolutely no pain whatsoever their their duration was very short and she goes a little bit deeper into that in in this discussion and so i'm just i'm just starting the dialogue because i don't hear a lot of people talk about that and the potential of it i'm sure there's a lot of folks that push against that and say well wait a minute that's insane uh and then we have testimony like sister decord is like hey I'm, i did it you know live live that and uh from a transitional standpoint as a as a man, I mean, that, that, that makes sense. It's like it that you could potentially make transition from once a month to once or once every 28 days to once every 48 days, like that, that type of transition to once every six months, once a year, that that could be something uh, that that happens. But I don't know. I'm listening to y'all. I just want to throw this out. Yeah. Here. And uh, yeah. I could definitely, I mean, I was even talking about that today on, on Instagram, how my my cycles have become shorter for like one to two days shorter. And they're also very light compared to how they once were. And I always heard that before when I kind of started to learn about the, you know, this lifestyle and this diet. And I, I didn't think that it could, ha I mean, I didn't think that it couldn't happen, but I just, it was always someone else's story and not mine. So I didn't think that maybe that would happen to me, but yeah, it, it, mine has definitely gotten shorter and, and much lighter and, and yeah. And I hear a lot of women say that they actually lose it completely. And then there's the whole argument that people say that it's not normal to not have it because, you know, your body is releasing those, those toxins through your blood every month. And so it's, that's why I feel like a lot of people are so iffy about it because they hear these both sides and they don't know what's what's true and what's supposed to be natural or not natural. So it's interesting. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. And uh, we do have a question I want to uh, share with the forum here from uh, Manifest Me and this sort of transitions into the cleansing process. Uh, have any of you had experiences with recurrent yeast infections? Also, thoughts on douching. I started getting yeast infections after getting an IUD. One year later, I had it removed, but still have symptoms. Um, yeah, I have not. I, I, 
Oh, go ahead. I've never had any experience, so you can go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, I yeah, I I've had when so when I was eating meat and just before I got on the diet, um, there was a time where I was getting a recurring yeast infection and I just didn't understand why. Um, and but then when I did switch my diet, um, like all of a sudden it stopped. And then one of the things that I found really helpful is douching with um, Dr. Robert Morse's Heal All Tea. Um, I have had really good relief with that. Um, I find it to be really effective, more effective than any other remedies I've tried because I've tried several remedies. Um, everything from like hydrogen peroxide in water um, or like apple cider vinegar mixed with water. Um, what else? Coconut oil. So, I, I mean, I, I find the douching with heal tea to be pretty effective for yeast infections. Um, the other thing that I have done is I would create a, so I would prepare a vaginal suppository and I will mix coconut oil with the heal all tea, like a 50, 50 ratio and add some drops of tea tree oil. I'll put it in an ice cube tray, freeze it. And then at night I will insert it, wear a pad. And I found that to also be really effective if you're trying to fight any infections, whether it's yeast or bacterial or yeah, or just any other issues going on there. Um, also it's, very good for uh, if you have abnormal cells on your cervix. Mm. Um, it's yeah. very good for that. And and just as a cleansing, I mean, what I regularly do now after my period every month is I'll douche with the heal all tea um, just to kind of clean that area out. Um, so yeah, if, if you're if you're suffering from recurring yeast infections, the first thing I would recommend is to work with your diet. Um, because, you know, if you're still con like consuming a very high acidic diet, the douching may not be effective. So definitely want to work with your diet and try to incorporate more alkaline foods. Um, try to get, you know, increase your citrus fruits, um, and and then aside from that, yeah, definitely to just treat it. Um, I think the the heal OT is is pretty uh, effective. Yeah. That's yeah. Nice. <laughs> Somebody yeah, just said that nice. the heal OT <laughs> cured mine. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing. Like you literally see all the mucus coming out. Um, but yeah, mm -hmm. it, it's yeah. Um, and and you know, I I usually will do a couple of them. So I I would do. I would douche like twice, twice a day. Um, and then I would also do, uh, I'll insert the vaginal suppository at night. And yeah, it's pretty effective. You make them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah you really you didn't market them, did you? What's that? You didn't market them, did you? No. <laughs> no, but so, uh, the reason I asked is because I, I'm interested because we do it a lot of young women, a lot of them. And three of them that I know right now have uh, fibroids 
and they don't, they don't have they don't have a lot of discipline so it's like we if they don't call then we don't get a chance to really help them through their issues and stuff mm-hmm. and um that's one of the things we encourage them to do is uh the enemas and the uh, dishes with the, the clay water because you know the clay is like mud and pool of poisons and stuff down and out and um with the, the the discipline of the woman now it's, you know we're dealing with a lot of immature females that say they're women but actually they're like girls we have to stay we have to stay on top of them about doing the cleansing yeah. and, and encourage encourage them to eat more balanced foods instead of junk or garbage because they got this thing where they're eating vegan, they can eat darn near anything. And I just had a discussion with uh, 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 a a youth, and I said, "Well, what, the child said, well, we eat vegetarian.'" I said, well, "What's your favorite thing? Vegan pizza?" And I was like thinking, you know, okay, because these things they constipate, you know. And for them in their minds is vegetarian. So we, we're having to uh, pretty much do damage control when it comes to younger, younger women who are, are still learning how fruits and vegetation is real food and anything outside of that is not, you know, because the grains are, are basically for cattle and then the nuts are basically for the creatures that are like, um, you know, that live out in the nature. And then the fruits and vegetation pretty much is basically for the human. And so the body, when uh, we get the, the young people to like to eat the uh, diet, the vegan cheese, the soy cheese and so forth with, and they have these, uh, discharges and these these yeast infections and stuff like that and you tell them what to do they still will go back and eat the the stuff that's Mm -hmm. vegetarian or vegan and it's hard to get them off the bread i'm I'm telling them consistently toast it until you can stop because you gotta stop you go your body will tell you to stop if you don't have the consciousness to stop your body will make you stop and you don't want to get to the, where your body make you stop because then now you're in pain mm-hmm. you know but you know how like an alcoholic is you know i ain't drinking no more <laughs> yeah, i ain't drinking I'm no more. I'm going, well, this is like i ain't drinking no more this is the last one <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> go girl come on let's go party <laughs> Uh, and and Takora, talk about, I think you, you at the Air Day celebration, the first one, you you talked about uh, the, the lemon or the lemon water douche technique. Oh, that's phenomenal. What's, what's, that, what's that about? That, that for me is a phenomenal phenomenon because uh, my first time doing it, I was, uh, I had a partner and I was like, damn, out of me, you know. And that was one of the first things I did was I used lemons to uh, diluted the lemon 
and uh, I, I took a, a dish with it. And, uh, and I also stood over uh, a little thing of frankincense myrrh, you know, to kind of like clean my body temple out, mind, and all of that. And it, it really is for people we got the this is the uh, this is our north pole and this is our south pole you know the lower chakra and those poles they got to be cleaned out because when there's some blockages in there you're going to experience crazy you 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 know crazy when you see it you know and 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 for us to use the dishes to uh clear the walls it also clears this you know these glands the the mind it gives us the the where we thought of to not only do it but to remember to stay focused and stay in that frequency so that we can continue to teach the younger ones how to keep their body temples clean because the womb is a self-healing organism it's not self-healing when it got blockage or it's not as strong it will it will do some facilitating it won't have as much power when it doesn't have enough clean or pure uh substance to keep it flushed so for me i don't uh i don't think i had addition probably almost a decade because i don't engage i don't indulge and my body kind of really self-regulating which i like so oftentimes when I'm doing the uh, enemas, I stand on my head, you know, and when I stand on my head, I'm getting a flush and I can feel a lot coming from off, you know, my spine. So I, I got a spine chart. I got that from my brother, Dr. Bell. He's a chiropractor. And each vertebrae, you know, is connected to our nerves and the nerves, they give you um, certain uh symptoms with certain blockages so like up in the top part of the spine those are your facial nerves and I, um i saw a, a youtube piece of a a young european journalist female who was talking and she lost her capacity to to finish the interview she was talking well, we're here live at she was literally trying to talk and everything just shut down the same thing with a person that has the mobility to walk and the blockage the waste it shuts them down where they they can't their nerves are not able to hold them up anymore this is what happens with the with the human body when a person starts becoming obese the all of these nerves are blocked and so your brain can't process information and in a way your brain will process information i can tell them all day take an enema take an enema they don't hear that but a person obese like them and they see them because we had a sister almost about 300 pounds she's like i don't want to lose my butt Y'all some skinny. I uh uh I don't want to get that skinny. That booger went to Jamaica. She did them enemas. When she came back, you would have told this was the same person. She didn't have a butt. She looked like a supermodel and her locks was real long. And I was like, I was blew away because mm. she literally she had a 
it was like some brain fog was removed and that's what happens to the body when you start cleaning the bloodstream i don't beat people side of the head with this i stay in my lane i stay happy and people be like uh so mr cole what do you do to, to, to such and such and i just give them a little you know spoon feed them a little baby baby spoon at a time but then they come back and they want a big bite you want a big bite of this apple you ready <laughs> come on over here you want to come over i'll come over i'll hook you up but i'm scared i'll be like don't be scared I I, when I, you ain't gonna even be scared. I had a sister. She she mastered. It. She mastered the animals, <laughs> and uh, I, she called me three days before she transitioned. She passed away. She was thirty eight years old, and uh, she said, uh, she said, I ain't been doing what I supposed to be doing. I said, well, What happened? She said, I just, I ain't been doing. I've been eating stuff that I ain't supposed to be eating. I said, Why are you doing that? He's like, I'll be with my boyfriend. I was like, well, why don't you tell him about what you're doing so he can learn this? She would never bring him. So she called me after she had went to the dentist and had some work done on her mouth. And she had been taking meds. And they gave her some more meds. And she said, uh, her father told us he had taken her to the restroom, left her there by herself. She had been told to take the animals. I told her to drink the clay so she can rest. But she didn't do them. She transitioned. 38 years old. And, uh, you know, when you don't do the work, I'm telling you, when you do the work, you can experience the benefits of it. The thing is, is be consistent because it's part of our memory bank. And that's the thing about blockage, you know, and waste. You know, uh, Ayana said it earlier, you know, it, you, you start doing stuff you ain't supposed to be doing and and you just get carried away with it, you know but people in their right bodies and the right mind they're gonna they're gonna suffer your body is gonna tell you this is too much i can't do it no more you know so with women and doing these uh dishes as well as the enemas it's important especially when you are still eating the flesh of animals you're eating processed foods and you're having relations or sexual intercourse with partners that are not doing what you're doing. There, those things are essential. And then when you get the discipline, you won't engage in sexual intercourse with toxic garbage cans, guys. You won't uh, eat a bunch of junk you think is food. And your body will tell you that girl your poopoo smell bad you need to go and clean that thing out your body is going to tell you these things we living in they are miraculous i saw a person 400 pounds and they was like i need some help and i was like yes all praises and that's a beautiful thing for that person to, to say to themselves i need some help and when you are able and you want to help them, then do it. But don't don't say you want to help them and, and then you don't want to take the time to really get down there into the toilet with them. Because, you know, I don't been in the toilet with people, literally. I'm like, I got gloves on. <laughs> and, oh, my. Look at this. And they're like, look, I'm like, okay. Whoa. 
what your mama tell you. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all see that colossal? Oh yeah. <laughs> see all these people watching you look at her. <laughs> <laughs> she was trying to hide. Uh, yeah, oh. she done. She done became a meme now. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> somebody, somebody asked. Uh, let's see, Yvonne asked, "How much lemon for a lemon douche? Uh, half a lemon, quarter lemon." Well, starting out, you want to squeeze at least two lemons and then put like um. Two cups of water. You know, you can you can put that in a jar, and you can start out with a little bit. Cause I'm telling you, your wound when it's toxic, it's gonna burn. I use straight lemon, and I'm gonna tell you. Remember the cartoons where they show a uh, uh, they put the fire on the foot and they <laughs> like ass popping out the head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything be like on fire. Yeah. That that was me when I did my first lemon dish. And I was like, what the f did I do this for? You know, I put <clears throat> lemon drops in my ear and I was literally upside down on my head in my vehicle and it throbbed so bad. But honey, I could hear so good. I was like, I will never do that again. I literally turned yeah. upside down on my head in the car. I was <laughs> in the vehicle when I did it because I was, you know, experiencing some you know, blockage. You know, when you go up in the mountains and your ears start popping. Yeah. I was experiencing that on the ground. I'm like, what is going on with my ears? But I didn't know I was loosening up. My body was loosening up waist. And I had I, I said, oil drops. I'm going to put some mm. oil in my ear. Mm. It was, un I mean, the, wow. the pain was so intense. I could have just took my head off my my neck and just threw it that's just how intense the pain was but after it subsided i could hear i could hear a pin drop on cotton it was just that good yeah so that's the thing about getting cleaner you know your your vision your clairvoyancy you know your tenacity to comprehend some serious issues like finances I pay this, mm. I pay that. No, don't pay them folks attention. Do you go buy yourself some stuff to facilitate cleaning out? Because when we come into a cashless society, what you got left? You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's some good stuff. And I will say for folks that don't know, earlier was talking about the, the heal all tea. That's has uh it's like a very mild it's, it's a nice blend this is real kind of got mild uh mild effect and um <clears throat> and i had used that a, a number of times in enemas but i would combine the heal all tea with the lemon juice and that was that i found some nice blends with that and uh because it's uh yeah it's just it, it just pull it pulls on the mucosa slightly because it's not real aggressive so so the uh, the final topic of today which you started kind of talking about <laughs> you said that uh that uh folks shouldn't engage with with the trash can people <laughs> in relationships uh I, what uh, i'm interested to hear everybody talk a little bit about your 
thoughts and experiences uh, in the relationship realm and having uh, significant others is always a topic where uh, that that's brought up where there's and there's and I don't know if it's true or not the uh, the the working assumption is that is is harder for a woman to take the mucus diet home to a man or a boyfriend than it is for a man to introduce mucus diet to his significant other so that's the kind of discussion that's the kind of topic that i'd like to hear you guys uh, kind of uh, meditate on a little bit i'll go last okay i'll, I'll go first because <clears throat> actually my boyfriend he went into this lifestyle before i did and actually he went vegan before i did five six seven years ago and he i was vegetarian first for a year before i went vegan and he went vegan overnight he said i want to do it for 30 days and just see how i feel he was eating you know standard american diet was like you know lifting weights at the gym like that was like his thing at the time and and he's like, let me go vegan for 30 days. Let me see how I feel. And then and he loved it. And then he was actually the one that pushed me to go vegan. And actually, he was like in the whole world of fasting and raw vegan before I ever was. And nice. um, so he was the one who kind of brought it home first. And then I kind of followed. So it was kind of the opposite. That was like what happened with my situation, at least. But but I've like I dated people before and um, that, you know, what weren't even vegan or vegetarian by any means and and i was and it i mean it just it didn't last long i feel like our lifestyles were so different that it just it didn't really click so i that was my experience at least i know a lot of people do make it work but i do hear there are some struggles um i mean when you're eating with somebody all your meals it's you know you have to make some sacrifices i feel like so it is i think a little bit easier when both partners are at least somewhat the same. Um, but yeah, it's my experience at least. All right. Uh, any interesting stories? <laughs> um, no, I just kind of want to piggyback on what Andrea said. Um, I do, I, it's challenging when you are vegan and your partner is not um like she like like you said andrea i've also know of couples that um that make it work um but for me personally i find it to be very challenging and at this point in my life it's not my my preference um i yeah. i just um yeah i i think what would compliment me and I think you realize that once you go through the experience of being with someone who is still a meat eater and you're on this journey, yes, it just makes you realize that that difference in lifestyle is, is a huge deal, you know? And when you're starting a family and you wanna have a child with someone, um, it becomes important. Um, yeah. So, and it, it could be, and at that point, if you're not on the same page, it can cause a breakup. Yeah. So I, I definitely think that um, it's a question of compatibility. Um, but I also think that, hey, like there's couples that make it happen and, and that's great. Um, 
but I think for me uh, personally, um, it's definitely not my preference uh, and has not turned out to be um, like sort of like a good experience for me. Um, I, I for one do not, would not like for anyone to, you know, cook meat at home. So I, I that's just it. Yeah. I can't stand it. Like, yeah. so I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't be able to, to tolerate that situation. Uh, I'm just really passionate about my lifestyle. It's really important to me. And, um, and so, yeah, I definitely think that being with someone who's on, who, who shares a similar lifestyle is, it will, will be favorable. Yeah. I mean, also, I feel like it's once you, even just if it's a diet thing in the beginning, I feel like it opens mm -hmm. up like a whole rabbit hole of other things that kind of yeah. come with this lifestyle and yeah. like your mindset and things that you're, you know, passionate about and the way you, mm -hmm view certain topics or issues or you know live your life it, it just doesn't isn't compatible with someone who's not for you know from my experiences so it's like it's it becomes more than just the diet and what you guys are eating together it's exactly. like the whole mindset and the whole lifestyle and everything so exactly I, yeah oh yeah a hundred percent absolutely yeah. out of the mouths of babes and sucklings <laughs> <laughs> that's good and, and i'm saying that as i progress and uh, my living that y'all got a lot of knowledge. And had I been where y'all are now at the age that I was then, I, I'm sure I wouldn't be here having this conversation with you all. I would have probably been in the Himalayas <laughs> or maybe movies maybe on the beach of Jamaica, somewhere, but not here talking about getting folks in alignment. And I think that's what makes us who we are uh, as mucusless diet practitioners is that we have a passion and a love for life and living. And so when you make that commitment, that's what you, 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 you are married to. That's your relationship. Your yeah. relationship is with living and and when you see people dying or they're not on that frequency of life, that's when relationships start deteriorating because the relationships that I had engaged in prior to this, my children's father, before I became a mucus's diet healing practitioner, um, I knew my brethren, Victor Bertram, from seeing him as a street musician. He played the saxophone. He was very sexy on the saxy and I thought that he was one of the most um, powerful men that I had ever met because this cat could play this saxophone for hours. Do you hear me? We will see this this brother in the morning downtown playing all the way to door nightfall. And I mean, he is on his saxophone playing the capacity to have that much lung power to play like feverishly and just, he's just amazing. And my partner at the time, you know, um, he had locks, he was rostered, but he wasn't in alignment, you know. Uh, he sold ganja. 
uh, I did for a living. I uh, crochet, I did food, daycare, help with elders, clean. I did everything you can name, you know, to have some kind of income or make money. But we did really well as a couple. But the cleaner that I started getting, I would ask him to sit. We, I would read the music of the dialysis to him while we was like laid in the bed, chilling. And he would listen to them. And uh, when he would get really ill, I kept a pot of herbs every day, all the time in my house. And it stemmed from my grandmother having doing Alveda as a young girl and, and learning about the herbs at a real young age. Uh, she had back to eat injectable cloths and everybody that I knew during there had that. And then um, I got a hold of Victoria's Survival 21st Century. And he had excerpts of Arnold Eric. Uh, Dick Gregory wrote his, I guess, part of his introduction. He had excerpts from uh, David. Well, he got some excerpts from everybody in his book that, at that point in time that were basically um, into the living. And Survival 21st Century was probably one of the most powerful inspiring books that i had read and then uh cooking with mother nature dick gregory and then shifting and being uh rational fasting with our healing system those were the top of my book list and so i think that any man or woman who have a partner they may probably give that to them as a gift you know, how you doing? Nice to meet you. Oh, uh, what are you up to? Here you go. Happy birthday or Merry Christmas, whatever you into. Give them that, you know, and then that 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 can kind of open a little bit of the the mindset from where they know where you at because mm -hmm. the guys that I dealt with prior to that, these two are more like like garbage cans. And I was like, okay, look, brother, y'all got to get an enema. That was like an enema. I was like, yeah, we, you know, just how we going to have to work this, we going to like be partners and stuff. And they was looking at me like, you sick of that on my mind, sister, you know, it's like, just got a party. And my thing was, nah, you, you know, you going to be all right. You know, you let the most high. And I'm giving them all, you know, the, the things that they need to, to, to direct or to get them to come there. Cause I'm like, you can't have no physical relationship with me unless you do this. Cause this is how we do this. This is how I learn. <clears throat> so, and that's and that's something to think about is how how fast would this world become mucus free or vegan or raw if uh, if, if women would uh, would not have sexual relations unless there was some some some, some enemas <laughs> getting the diet together uh that would that would uh that'd be I, about I, a, I knew, I knew <laughs> in my heart of hearts i knew certain sisters and brothers they had a pre-notion or a judgment about me like you know she with this cat i wonder if he doing this or if she doing that because you know people they talk about people and when they get in your face they saying something totally different. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't worried about what was being said. I'm more so thinking about what is being done. Because if you can point your finger about what I'm doing, then turn it on yourself and look at what you're doing. Because the, the sisters and the brothers that I love in my community and that I dealt with 100%, 
I had um well introduced, you know, these brothers to them. Two of them I introduced to, you know, the family. And I could tell they were vacillating because their families were not they they weren't even entertaining the thought. All I knew is that these vegetarian men in their lives now, they went from eating chicken and fried and fried chicken and uh, poke chops and going to family reunions and the picnics and the cookouts to not doing none of that. So their whole life changed before these people's eyes and it, it took them for a tailspin and to have brought them into the fold where they could meet, you know, people that was important in my life. They would get, they was getting the support mentally from these people, but from their families, it was like they was being drugged down. So I was like, if it's a tug of war for you, brother, you know, you ain't got to do this. Because the first thing I did is I cut off relationships. I cut off the relation. You can't get up in here because you too, you out there too far. And I don't know where you swimming at, but I know what I smell on you. So it was like, all right, sis, you know, that's cool. And I'm like, all right, then do your thing. Because when you know what you're doing, that's going to get you where your finances is low where you feel sick, where you feel depressed, where you feel like you need to call me and say, hey, look, I'm sorry for X, Y, and Z. I didn't mean to do A, B, and C. I'm like, see ya. I love you, but I can love you from afar. And then the next one, uh, he was in a relations with uh, a younger sister that I used to do like homeschool, home care for. And when they got together, I realized that they were trying to stay balanced doing this work. They didn't have the sincerity. They they were they were they were not true to themselves. And so it dissipated and detached and they fell completely apart. And uh I love him to this day and I love her to this day. They're not together. They both have different families. He has a family with her sister and they have Watoto children and uh they are they're they are okay now in my mind i asked uh the sister how was she and the children she told me she was eating fish i was like oh no you know so i already see that that right there was you know the the the, the, the seesawing effect inside of the relationships where it, it couldn't and it would not work because they didn't start here you know and uh I was reading a passage from Light on Yoga by I.S. Yinger, and uh, it says that yoga is the deliverance from pain and sorrow. So when we plug into our breath and we get more plugged into this, literally, we get a chance to really feel and know what it feels like to be in love because you don't have to have somebody outside of yourself to love you when you're ready for that it's going to appear by itself you ain't got to go looking for it mm -hmm. it's going to come and i think where i am and with my relationship with the partner that i'm with you know he understands that you know because he's doing his transition and i'm like you know we we can only do certain things to a certain extent because i have pertinent questions which i should not have to have 
But for me right now, that's part of our transition in a relationship. What you doing? What you eat? When the last time you had some bread, you know? So it's like, no, you know, this girl can't have all that yeast up in there because she don't play that, you know? And I'm like, mm-hmm. trying to figure out how to get my, my pH and my balance back in here. I have to have that all the time. And my and this, my peace of mind, I ain't got no drama. I got a drama-free life. I don't have no stress. I When I'm driving down traffic, I'm in the absolute. I'm constantly. I am V equal P minus O. And it's a song all the way from A to B. Ain't no obstruction in my way. And ain't no obstruction coming near me. And I'd be 100%. I got a song with the children and <laughs> with the little white totos. And that's their mantra. You know, that's their mantra. You know, I want them to have that as like y'all got what y'all know now at the ages y'all are. When they get y'all ages, it ain't gonna be no discussion about none of this. As a matter of fact, it's gonna be dancing and jam sessions. Mm. Yeah. By the time she gets y'all age, she there is be jam sessions. We shouldn't be having lectures and stuff. We should everybody on the planet supposed to be like in the groove, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, this this is how it happens. This is this is what it looks like for people that that aren't hip yet, that really don't know <laughs> what true revolution and transformation looks like, what it feels like. Feast your eyes because this is what it is. This is what it is. Is what's gonna be, and, and you know, and so. The young young people, people getting together, trying to put together mucus free family situations. Uh, I brought up this when we were talking about relationships. The uh, the etymology of the word companion, which literally means breadfellow and, and messmate. Your companion is one with which you eat. <laughs> Someone you eat with. <laughs> Panus panion is literally pan panis meaning bread uh, to feed. So you know the companion. So that's that's why this is such an important dynamic and topic to deal with because it and that's why the relationships tend to not work when not in alignment uh, with with the diet because that in so many relationships when you start to really analyze this from an objective standpoint. And you see that so many relationships are based on eating. You know, it's based on what are you eating? What you doing? Like, let's let's go out to eat. Let's that that. You know, it's based on this eating process. And so, so this this is how you change it. You know, this is how you people want to know well, how do we heal the world and how do we do this and that. What we're talking about. This is how you do it. That's real. I say I'll pray this. So uh, let's see if we if we have any questions, the last second questions, we might uh, might take them. Uh, and then we will uh, be transitioning uh, off here. I see Erica had a question. Uh, cellulite, and someone was talking about this earlier. The cellulite is also an issue for many women. I'm thinking the enemas, fasting, et cetera, would help. 
in this regard, but it would be great to hear the panel's thoughts on this. So the topic of cellulite. Got a sweat. Go to you can go to uh, any one of the gyms and and go to the saunas. It would be better to sweat. And a lot of a lot of you know heavy set people they don't like to sweat, but that's how you get inside your cells. You know, uh, I, I watched uh, the sister and Miss um, Winfrey when she lost all that weight. She had a lot of cellulite, and I think with those diets and stuff they really mess a lot of people up all, all all the heavy set people don't have to you know do tummy tuts and uh all these erratic diets the, the, the best thing to do for an overweight person that got a lot of cellulite is stop eating flesh first stop doing that first get a hold of an enema bag Start doing your enemas. Learn how to go inside the. You, if you don't want to get in the tub, run the shower, and sweat. If you start getting too hot, come out and sit down and breathe, but go back in, and sweat as much as you can because that's where your cells get a chance to expand, and then they'll dilate, and then they'll they'll start like stretching you you can get that cell you can get your cells correct every breath that you get you get new cells but all that excess and that waste it can come off naturally you have to sweat it out it's like you melt in flesh and it's a it it was years to get it on there it's going to be as many if not 10, 15, 20 more extra years to, to get it off, but it's gonna come off. You know, you gotta be a little more aggressive when it comes to getting that, getting that poison up out of you. But you gotta sweat. Also, um, you can buy saunas, like at-home saunas like I have that I bought online. Like if people can't have access to a gym right now, if they're still closed to wherever they live, buy a I've had I bought one off Amazon for like 130 bucks and oh, you just wow. you just set it up it's like a little tent it looks like a like a one person tent it comes with a chair you plug it in you can put your your uh, essential oils in there if you want whatever you want and you just sit in there and you can okay. do it at home even easier oh, they don't even have to leave their house <laughs> is this one where your head pops up the top or is this cover your the whole your you yeah, there you go. tent nice yeah so there's a yeah there's a hole for your head and then two armholes for your arms yes um, yeah easy oh very good yeah all right my big people i love y'all get that sauna now <laughs> oh yeah reese here yeah, he was talking about that yeah, the other day the, yeah and uh and, and big john he installed a sauna system in his basement like a nice yeah super That's nice legit. oh like, wow serious. yeah yeah amazing and then and my thing is you know i always prefer the the sunbathing in a real hot sun and just being out in that for hours That's you know, yeah okay my thing. And, um, that's my favorite place Andrea, when you get a chance, do do a little short little movie with you in the song. 
<laughs> oh yeah, it was. <laughs> I like those little short videos. Those are cute. Yeah. Boy, you used to get busy. Boy, you was a busybody boy. That child, whoo. She had a bunch of dogs video. I was watching. I was going on little video binges. I want to binge with the Mucus Free Channel. I watched every last one of them. Then I went on Boyie's page. I was doing a binging on her page. I was like, these Mucus Free people getting busy. <laughs> hey, this, this is what's time. You know, this is, this is what's going on. So, so I want to thank all of you being on the panel and uh i want to give a shout out to danny she wanted to be here very bad but there was a, a situation that came up she was unable to make it so the next time we have one of these she would definitely be here and uh yeah everybody in the comments hit a uh you know show, show your love to these fine women for being on here it's been a wonderful wonderful discussion and i appreciate each one of you for being here uh, Mama Takoa, Andrea, and Kyrene. And uh, why don't you uh, go around and uh, we'll start with Andrea. Tell everybody how they can get in touch with you if they want to hang out. and Yeah. Uh, but, you know, yeah. Plug in. You guys, yeah. You guys can find me on Instagram. That's where I'm at. Uh, Juice by Dre is my username. I'm sure it'll be in the, the caption I saw of this of the YouTube. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, and it's down um, below in the, uh, yeah, the yeah, area. you can find me there. I'm, I'm there. I answer messages. I talk to everybody. So you can find me there. All right. Beautiful. And how about you, Kyrene? Um, so you can find me on Instagram as well. Um, my IG handle is Oshun underscore getting. Oh, that's so beautiful. Um, thank you. Are you a mermaid? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that, little fish, that little fish right there that just fell off that bank. Are you a blue mermaid? She said, no, mom, I'm a brown mermaid. I was like, oh. <laughs> mm. Well, everybody know where to contact Mama Tekoa at. Check for the Mucus Free Network, and then they'll plug you in. I'll come to you. You could be in Kalamazoo and Utah. I will come to you. <laughs> I will hook you up with a cleanse, enema, protocols. You got it? You can reach me at 404-748-3950. That's my number. <laughs> 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 All right, beautiful. Thank you, Spirit. I love you so much. You are really, really, truly a savior, helping us to save our lives. I love to save the children. Well, thank, well, thank you, thank you all so much for what you, what you're doing, putting this positive vibration out here, positive message. It is uh, what what this world needs, what humanity needs, because we can't continue the way we are it's unsustainable and so we were doing this work it's it's hard work and it's not always an easy path but the kind of stuff that you heard tonight with the experimentation and okay. trying this out this is what it's about this is the work that we have to do now it's not going to be real easy and you know every moment's not going to be 
you know, roses and, and fun. This is this is some work, but you know, we're gonna come together and really, really transform this planet. So I really appreciate the work that women are doing and all of you are doing out there, Brother Air and Q and Reese and Wolfgang and everybody, everybody in the I know that's right. The whole family. The whole family. You know, we we have uh you know we have more work to do, so uh, so it's let's let's get to it. Can we close what the world needs now is us we love. Known it just for some, but for everyone. Okay, not for that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was always thought you about what the world is now. It's animals, sweet animals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apples in, oranges in, lamb is in. Everyone. Like that. All right. So. Yeah, if you guys enjoyed this video, please give it a like, give it a share, put this out there. I don't, no one else talking about this. I haven't seen any anything talking on this level about these topics. So I think it's really important to get the message out there. So again, stay Thank safe, you. do your thing, get your animals together, get your diet together, get your life together. We're going to transform this world one bite at a time one enema at a time one birth at a time we will transform this planet so until next time peace love and breath bless you love